Hi, and welcome to Math and Musings. I'm Mike O'Connell, creator of Math and Musings, and your host. Stay tuned for 15 minutes of science, politics, news, and opinion. In other words, Math and Musings. Today's date is Friday, June 30th, 2023. If you look at it at the months, like we're halfway through the year, like today's the last day of June, which is the sixth month of the year we're halfway through. Uh, it's also season three, episode number 26 of our show. And this is always where I put in something at least mildly interesting or amusing about the numbers. So the number 26, like what does the number 26 do for me? Okay, well, you're just out of the top 25, I guess you could say that. 26 was the number of championships. This is how my mind works. Was the number of championships that the New York Yankees had won through the Joe Torre era. Like when Girardi took over, he took uniform number 27 in honor of like, okay, I'm going to win us our 27th championship. And then his in his second season, he did. Um, and then he switched to number 28. Yankees uh, still looking for uh, championship number 28. Yeah, those bad for baseball Yankees that win every year. Uh, they won exactly one this century. Um, kind of century starting in 2001. Uh, they've won two in the two in the twos. They won in 2000. They won in 2009. When I was a kid, the Yankees had won 22 World Series out of 33. That's what I remember. Like 33 pennants, 22 World Series. And I always thought that was cool. Like, oh, they won two out of three. And then in my young adulthood, they also won a ratio of two out of three. They won four championships in six pennants. Four out of six. So their total was still two out of three. It was 26 out of 39. And then they, they tacked on one more, which means I guess they're above uh, two-thirds now as, as, a, as a fraction. They're hitting better than 66.666%. They're 27 out of 40. 27 championships in 40 pennants. And if you've followed along through all of that, I'll give you one more. I'm a numbers guy. I can't help it. That the, one of the greatest records I've ever seen in sports, in the team sports, is this. That between the years 1923, more on that later, and 1962, 40 baseball seasons. That was 40 baseball seasons. The Yankees won 20 championships. 20 out of 40. Anyone can figure that one out. It's 50%. They won half the championships. One team won half the championships. Then you could make a case like, okay, bad for baseball. But it, not really. I mean, let's face it. It's, the goal isn't to have uh, teams all beating up on each other. The goal is to, to have an entertaining contest and, and maximize revenue. I mean, it, it is a business. And the Yankees were good for business because they drew everywhere they went. Uh, it's it's was true in Babe Ruth's era, and it's true now. Now, speaking of Babe Ruth's era and the 1920s, I would like to speak about my childhood. No, it doesn't go back that far, but some of the references today are from that era. In the heyday, I guess you might say, of, of this place called Atlantic City. I mentioned last week, after I'd come back from the beach the first time, like, I'm going back to the beach. This time I'm going to New Jersey. I'm going to Atlantic City home of old-time 
uh, fun and frivolity. And it's like it was the new kid on the block when they legalized gambling there. I looked this up. It was 1978. I knew it was around there. Actually, I think the voters passed something maybe the year before. Like officially went into effect in 1978. And uh, like the places that are still around now are celebrating their 45th anniversary. Like resorts, hotel, casino, celebrating its 45th anniversary of having legalized gambling. The personal story there for me was that, okay, shortly after gambling, uh, casino gambling legalized in Atlantic City, there always was gambling in Atlantic City. They just legalized it in 1978. Shortly thereafter, my grandmother, my mom's mom, Grandma Gallagher, retired uh, from uh, the working world, and she uh, joined the ranks of the Binghamtonians who got on that bus every Friday night, headed down to Atlantic City. The gambler's bus, it left Binghamton, oh, 4 5 o'clock in the afternoon, gets you down to Atlantic City about 9 p.m., and your goal was to just, you didn't get a hotel room, you just played at the tables for the next nine or ten hours, and it, uh, I think the bus left Atlantic City, must have left about, you know, six or seven in the morning and then got you back to Binghamton about 11 a.m. or so. Point is, you sleep on the bus. And that Saturday morning, that was uh, every Friday night into Saturday for my grandmother for a long time from when she retired and the next couple decades or so. That's when uh, casino gambling in, in Atlantic City, the legalized version, was new and uh, was kind of a restored heyday of Atlantic City when I was growing up. Atlantic City is one of those places that is like, somehow it's always been on the decline. Like going there this weekend for me, or last weekend I should say, was like, oh yeah, this this is kind of run down. And I think that was true in the 80s too. I just didn't notice it when I was a kid. Like it wasn't its former glory of, you know, the work time years or the, you know, the Gatsby era of the 1920s, Gatsby's Long Island, Long Island South, uh, Gatsby's friends in Atlantic City. Now, the thing I'll say about my grandmother was that she wasn't just losing her shirt at the casino every time. Like, she was good. I can't explain it. She was a card shark. And uh, maybe that's, you know, numbers runs in the family. She was good, and she got herself and her family, which included a young Mikey O'Connell, many complimentary items. They call them comps. You're getting comped on your room. You're getting comped on your trip to the buffet. You're getting comped to the shows. You want to get comped. Now, I am not a player. She was a player. I'm not a player, but you know what? This past weekend, I did better than most. I broke even. (laughs) Only a small number of people break even. Like A very small number of people hit it big like half a percent of people hit it big, one and a half percent of people are lucky enough to break even, and then 98% of people lose all their money. I was part of that one and a half percent. You know why? Because I didn't even drop in one quarter into any of the slot machines. I did not sit down at any of the tables for one second. I broke even. But the amount of fun, the casinos hate to hear that. They didn't make any money on me. Oh, they got it from the other way. Because my fun meter was off the charts. I got it to I was way in the black on this one. I got to share it with my son for the first time. It was uh, Franklin's first trip to Atlantic City. And I got to 
complete three of my cards. Actually, it was like two and a half of my cards. One was Atlantic City. If you re- remember me talking about these life goal cards I have of mine, what other folks call bucket lists, and, you know, lists of things to do before I allow myself to die is usually the way I describe these things. One of them said Atlantic City. One of them said Cape May. We hit up Cape May on the way and spent a little bit of time there. It was also the arrival point of the Cape May Lewis Ferry. That is Lewis, L-E-W-E-S, Delaware, which claims to me to be like the first town in Delaware. So it's like the first town in the first state. Delaware was the first state. They've got a ferry boat that's been running for 150 years or something uh, from Lewis, Delaware, beaches of Delaware to beaches of New Jersey to Cape May. And yeah, the thing's been running since the 1850s. And uh, it's super fun. I've wanted to do it forever. I think this is why I say two and a half cards, because I think I had Cape May and the ferry written on the same card, actually. So chuck that one. Because uh, I did it. Franklin and I went on the ferry. And we we're up on the, you know, the different decks. You can drive your car on there. You need your car on the other side. Of course, you can be a standing pedestrian as well. You don't have to stand around. I felt bad as I realized after, like, yeah, it was fun to sit out on the deck and, you know, watch the ocean go by, or the Delaware Bay, I guess, go by. And uh, it was only at the end of the journey, I was like, wait a minute, there's this whole club room in here with a restaurant and TVs and comfy chairs and a gift shop, of course, too. I'll, I'll sell you stuff. And uh, we only got to experience that right at the end. But we made up for it. We got to Atlantic City. Saw a bunch of spots I remembered from when I was a kid. Again, this this one's going back to the 1800s. This is actually in Margate, New Jersey, which is like the next town over. Lucy the Elephant, which has been various things over the last 140 years or so. It's... uh, one of those, it shows up in every roadside attraction list or book of roadside attractions. Lucy the Elephant is giant structure that has been various things over the years. Now they, they offer guided tours, but like we weren't there at the right time and I don't want to wait around. Like you, you see the outside, you see the elephant, roadside attraction, boom, elephant. I remember seeing that when I was a kid too. It's still there. Claridge Hotel is still there from the 1920s and it's got kind of a 20s thing. Some of this stuff hasn't been uh, updated or cleaned since the 1920s either. Uh, did say nothing of Tony's Baltimore Grill, which is uh, has been there since 1927. So, like, I loved that restaurant as a kid, and it was like I didn't realize it was it was old w- when I was a kid. So it's kind of not surprising that it would still be around. I mean, if something had already been around for 60 years, well, why didn't, wouldn't it stick around for a few more decades? Best pizza around, like classic, it, it reminds me of like a, every mafia movie, like classic Italian family restaurant, Tony's Baltimore Grill. It's exactly the kind of image you're thinking of when I tell you Tony's Baltimore Grill. Um, one block off the boardwalk. And uh, I mentioned resorts. I remember that going there with like my grandfather when I was a kid. And, uh, Franklin and I dined there celebrating the 45th anniversary of uh, resorts. And then talk about old places. I mean, that nothing's older than the ocean. <laughs> the ocean and the beach and collecting shells and feeding the birds. They tell you not to, but it's so fun. I mean, you throw a couple pieces of stale bread in the air, pretty soon you got every bird in town descending upon you. They, they send out the signals pretty quick. They, they've got their system. And then, uh, so that's their breakfast. And then our breakfast 
was the uh, the Dunkin' Donuts, which was in the hotel lobby of, of Bally's, actually, but that's connected to the Claridge, so we could go <laughs> go down there without even going outside. And I'm pointing out to Franklin, like, yeah, some of these people that are eating breakfast with us, they've been up since yesterday. This this is their uh, late-night snack. Um, but I remember that when I was a kid, like going to get Grandma coffee in, in the morning. This time, it was I was the one drinking the black coffee this time. And um, yeah, playing the arcade, and what, whatever Ocean One is called now, it's just called, it's real, like all of Atlantic City, just really run down and old now. But that's somehow that, that's sort of my style. Whatever Ocean One is called now, um, it's just called something generic like the playground or something. That was, that was uh, interesting to visit. If nothing else, it's like just you go up there for the view. There's not many shops still open there. The place that's that's blown up is the Steel Pier, which has been around, again, I think it's 1800s. But a few years ago, they put up a giant Ferris wheel. Fourth tallest Ferris wheel in the United States. And yes, I can say now, I've been on the fourth tallest Ferris wheel in the United States. I don't like roller coasters. Not my thing. Don't do thrill rides. But huge Ferris wheel? Yeah, I'll get on that in a second. And I would say it was you know, one of the highlights of the trip. Uh, I will admit that, well, coming home, it, uh, by the way, my intention was, was not even to take the ferry coming home, but we had so much fun on it getting there, decided to go back, spent more time in the club room this time. Um, but it, it was an arduous journey. We ran into, uh, I don't think it was officially a hurricane, but it seemed like a hurricane coming. And of course, trying to get across the Bay Bridge, in like Annapolis area, Chesapeake Bay region, in the middle of what amounted to basically a hurricane like if this wasn't a hurricane i'd hate to see what one was a huge lightning coming across the bay and driving rain like you can't see more than five feet in front of you it was a little much it was a little much but it made me uh, all the more happier to uh, all the more happy to get home otherwise i don't think i ever would have wanted to come home it was yeah totally insanity going home and uh when I, Keeping with the uh, the theme of well, it's it's always an adventure and it's it's always fun and and that I got to share it with my son was was fantastic. Let me relive my old childhood days. And I appreciate your listening to this story. And if you want to hear more math and musings and find out all about it, well, you can go to mikeoconnelljr.com. Fifteen minutes on the dot.